It's funny now, I, I wouldn't survive as a teacher now. There's a great movie, Patch Adams, and he says, we're in referring and he was fighting the institution about the care he was yeah. giving his patients. And he said, if you fight the disease, you win or you may lose. If you care for the person, you win every time. Yeah. There's even people like Picasso, and I love his sayings. Again, I'm not a great remember of quotes, but Picasso says the, the meaning of life is to find your gifts. The purpose of life is to share them freely. I, I would add to find your gifts and your values. Yeah. And the purpose of life is to share them freely. Yeah. I'll tell you a story when we had our first child, O'Reilly. I was, uh, had finished teaching and I was working in a sports travel business that was about to go global. And I was doing the marketing and I thought, oh, well, I've made it. Teacher made good, I'm <laughs> doing all this. And I was racing up to and from the hospital in the morning and the afternoon. We were launching the products and I thought I was pretty good. And then when Riley was born, I realised how insignificant I was. He went from a microscopic cell in nine months yeah. to a fully functioning baby. Yeah. He had clicky hips, so that was fine. We had to get those <laughs> fixed. But I thought, geez, how insignificant. And I'm not that powerful. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. We look at the currency of disadvantage being money. Yeah. It's actually a lack of love. Hey, you've just joined A Journey with Bernie. Greetings, my dear friends, and thank you so much for joining me and today's wonderful guest. My name is Bernie Kelly, and I'm your very enthusiastic show host. Why? Because I woke up this morning, and I don't know about you, but I'm still breathing. I've been expressing my joy for life as a corporate leadership and team building coach for 30 years now. But I've also loved working in the schools, guiding students and our young ones, just to open up their eyes to see more, to do more, to be more. I'm an explorer who wants to take you and them to the summit of Kilimanjaro. Hey, how about the base of Mount Everest or the intrigue of the Peruvian Machu Picchu or that epic spiritual adventure across Northern Spain? The Camino. Yes, I'm a lover of nature and I am a consumer of life. And that's why this podcast exists. You see, it's a simple exploration of what you and I need to do to find greater love for self, to inspire our own sustainable inner happiness and to discover greater meaning in our humble lives. Of course, I don't have the answers. But that's why each week you and I will explore the life purpose and the perspectives and paradigms of our wonderful podcast guests who will share with us their strategies, their thoughts, their actions that just might bring greater meaning to our lives. Hey, we're all on this journey, folks. So today, let's together put on our hat of curiosity and explore life's possibilities. And 
let's do it together on this episode of A Journey with Bernie. Well, dear people, welcome to A Journey with Bernie. And I am so excited. People say, you're always excited, Bernie. But I should be excited today, Johnny Goodwin, because last night, here it goes. We are the pride <laughs> of Brisbane town. We were. I just isolated half of Victoria and anyone who <laughs> hates sport. <laughs> and I apologize to you guys. Hey, but wasn't it fantastic at the Gabba last night? It was outstanding. Outstanding. Brisbane Lions versus Richmond. We have some international listeners here, and I, I apologize to you that I've started in a way that you probably can't relate to it. Just think about a Super Bowl, a, a really significant sporting event. Here's what I'd love you to hear, even in this first minute and a half. Geez, it's fantastic to belong. <laughs> Just that word belonging. For those that know me really, really well, they would say, well, Bernie, if you'd lost last night, by the way, the Lions won by two points. But if you'd lost last night, Bernie, you'd be moping. That's not true, folks. I love to belong to the tribe, <laughs> go along and support the tribe. But at the end of the day, you got to get it into perspective. It's only a game of footy. <laughs> Johnny Goodwin, welcome along to this uh, journey with Bernie. Who do you belong to today? Uh, you know, I'm not talking about the sport, but tell us a little bit about your life and where you are today so that our listeners can get a feel for our wonderful guest today. Well, thanks very much, Bernie. I was the youngest boy out of eight children. I had three brothers and four sisters, so I belong to my family, the Godwin family. I had beautiful parents, Dr. Ray and uh, Louise. Yeah. Uh, I belong to my family now, my wife Sue and our four boys, Riley, Gus, Ned and Archie. Uh, I belong to the communities in which I grew up with at Villanova, Mount Carmel. Uh, These are school communities, Villanova, aren't they? They and are. Mount Carmel, yeah. 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 Belong to... Harry's Boxing Gym, Cooperie Boxing oh, Gym. We both belong down there, yeah, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a beautiful dog park where yeah. everyone just can be and, <laughs> and be welcome. Uh, I belong to that. And I belong to two foundations, which I'm so privileged to be a part of, which we were lucky to found, and one's Inspiring Brighter Futures Foundation, where we provide mentoring wellbeing programs for uh, people who need a hand up, who need an ear and need some guidance and and, and just someone to be with them as they plan their way forward. And then very lucky to be part of a, another foundation called Creating Positive Futures where we build houses and places to belong for people who don't have places to belong and we create jobs for people to build those places. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. You founded these organisations, Inspiring Greater Futures? Inspiring Brighter Futures. Brighter and, Futures, yeah. And creating – look, I, I, I did, um, but I'm very blessed that w there's people that have been in that journey that have also belonged mm. to the, the founding of them and the development of them and the improvement of them. When you, when you say other people that are in the journey, what, what is their role? How, how do they join you and in what way do they contribute to creating this program 
dare I say it, for some of our younger people, predominantly younger people who might be just struggling at times with the game of life. Mm. We've got the right perspective here. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we work with uh, mentors, volunteer mentors, and we've got a structured mentoring program that is really basically value-based goal setting. So it's showing young people and people a little bit older who to set goals based on their values, to set a vision based on their values and deliver goals and activate goals to achieve their That's vision. wonderful. And these are a lot of young people who may have arrived without any focus for a future, without, uh, without any goals, without any direction. Yeah. So in a way, one of the outcomes is you're giving them the tools to set that direction, more importantly, on how to activate it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're teaching them how to fish. We're inspiring them based on their values and it's funny, the lads and ladies and the older people that we work with, even the mentors find it <laughs> very fulfilling for them because they're developing their values and realising, oh, gee, family, love, respect, honesty, yeah. integrity, they're my values. So they then start living them and yeah. they, they actually do the program at the same time. A- am I out of place here in asking you, could you give us a, a profile of some of the mentors? Because what I'm getting here is, is I've got you, Johnny, who's inspired this, but you've got this wonderful range of people that you are working with, some of whom are volunteers, and they are coming along into the program to support these young people. I, I don't mind if they're, if they're okay if you even mention some good names that we might be able to relate to. Okay. Look, uh, we have former Wallaby captains. Uh, we have doctors. We have nurses. Wow. We have partners in large law firms. We have partners in large accounting firms. We have accountants. We have financial planners. We have British Army majors. We have wow. We have retired other retired soldiers. We have former accountants. We have former principals. We have teachers. We have mums who've stayed at home yeah. and are looking for fulfilment as a part of their, their life once their family's grown up. We have psychology students. We have, look, it's my sons. Fantastic. Come back as mentors. Fantastic. How did you get them? I mean, you're talking about how many people here? Yeah. Oh, look, there's 300 plus and it, it's growing. And Johnny, how do you get 300 people to dedicate and volunteer their time or to mentor a young man or a young woman who's struggling in the game of life? And out of interest, how much time do they give? Oh, look, firstly, the program's run for eight weeks in a school term. Yes. Uh, and that's an hour and 10 minutes, hour and 15 minutes, and it's around a kitchen table concept where it's a structured program and the facilitator runs it and the mentors sit one-on-one with the students and take them through, teach them tactics on how to handle automatic negative thoughts and then turn them into encouraging automatic thoughts, taking them from ants to eats. And it's a strategies that we need to use every day to ensure that we have a happier life so that we're inspired to live that happier life, but it's actually through serving others. Wow. And uh, they find it so fulfilling. I've been meeting with a number of large accounting and law firms at the moment with the partners and saying, we need our staff to do this because we've got to give them a perspective. (laughs) We're we're actually doing a session with uh, primary school staff at a Catholic school because the principal wants his staff to go and do the mentoring with kids that, uh, from other areas that really do need to So life. let me understand this. Eight one-hour and ten-minute sessions 
over eight weeks, one per week. Yeah. A program that you and perhaps a few others have written or have uh, created Mm. that offers young people, in my words, struggling with the game of life, Mm. offers them new views, new perspectives on how they might consider living their life. They get support from a private mentor who could be a wacky do sports person, you know, that's on the back page of the newspaper regularly, could be a doctor, numerous professional people, principals, educators, tradespeople. Unbelievable, incredible. And the program is so potent that even onlookers want them for their staff who may not be so-called struggling for the game of life. So the program is of value to so many people even beyond the beautiful young people that you serve. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's funny. We look at the currency of disadvantage being money. Yeah. It's actually a lack of love. Wow. Yeah. What, what, what I hear you saying, I'm trying to pull all this together here. What I hear you saying is that there's a lot of people out there, not only those who are supposedly deemed by society as disadvantaged as they go through that early stage of life and struggling to find their identity, but there's a lot of people out there who even supposedly looking professional, they are lacking the love. They are lacking love for self. They are, are lacking love for life. And even though they've got a good nine to five job, professional job, and the bank account's looking rosy at, deep down inside, they're struggling and they find value in the very offerings you give these disadvantaged, in inverted commas, kids. Mm. They find value in it. Mm. You must be teaching some golden stuff. <laughs> I think it's in with it all, within us all. It, it, it's funny. I have we've done this to over 3,000 odd people. I shouldn't call them odd. <laughs> 3,000 <000 laughs> even people. Uh, and... There would be 19 values that I can throw a blanket over that come up in every group and there's five that come up far more regularly than all the others and that's family, yeah, that's respect, that's love, that's gratitude or appreciation and that's trust or honesty. And they come up every time in the, the most popular selections yeah. and each one of those yeah. needs to start off with self, so self-love. Yeah. Self-trust, self-respect. It needs to start with the self. And then once they actually have can trust and forgive and love themselves and being compassionate for themselves, they can then actually be compassionate to others and trust adults and trust other people in their life that share those values. They learn to disseminate which people in their lives have those values and they can belong to those people. Belong. <laughs> that was the word we talked about with reference to the Gabba last night, belonging. What I'm finding, I'm finding fascinating is going back to an earlier episode of A Journey with Bernie. I think you, you mentioned that you may have listened to it before. It's with that Dr. Ken Packenham where he spoke about, I, 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 had, I had the audacity to ask him after 10 minutes, Ken, what's the meaning of life? <laughs> <laughs> and Ken said, there is no one size that fits all. But I said, well, if there's not, 
what brings meaning to your life? And he said exactly what you just said, Johnny. He said, it's defined by your values. And the challenge is to not only know your values, but to be them. Be them in action. And when you are your values, you are walking and living the essence of self. You are being the authentic, real you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that that produces a solidarity and a confidence to take on the challenges, the opportunities to create uh, in life. Mm-hmm. Yet what you've just mentioned is that when you investigate with people, what are their values? You just said five values seem to come up regularly and constantly. It's like they're a core set. So therefore, I'm going to ask you to go through them one more time. (laughs) Family? Family. Let's just dwell upon that one for a moment, please. I know what you mean by family, but when they say they value family, what are they really saying? In some cases, and uh, some of the, the young people we work with and, and the older people, we work with domestic violence victims. We work with unemployed mothers in the worst area of Australia, which is it's just not far from Brisbane here. Yeah. We work with young lads and ladies about to be uh, or, or on the pathway to be excluded from school. We work also with emerging leaders in corporates and, and, and schools, but... Family to some is as a yearning to belong to a family because they don't have a family. In, yeah. in some of the groups, seven out of ten of kids have a parent or parent in in jail. So they they yearn to belong to a family. So they might not have a, a, a good functioning family, but it's a, a value they yearn to. Yeah. They they're yearning for and it's a real sense of belonging. So the word yeah. belonging and family yeah. can probably be used simultaneously. Can, can we throw in there too is that the perspective on family is that it provides that stable source of of love, mm. of a treasured love, even though sometimes our families are dysfunctional. Mm. We all understand that. I, I don't know of any family that doesn't have black sheep in it. <laughs> I, I love it when people say to me, "Lucky you know, sheep can be plural." <laughs> <laughs> I love it when people say to me, "Oh no, family's really, really good." You know, <laughs> nothing, nothing going on that's you know a little bit distractive. But no, no, it's perfect. No, no, never, ne- never is. So we understand the dynamics of family, but still, it can always be there, mm. and the fact that it's there is solidifying. Is that what? Are they saying that as well? My take on it is that they want to belong. They want to have people around them that love them. Yeah, yeah. They want to belong to a place that is safe and they want to belong to. Yeah. And even if you do have – and look, we're all vulnerable, we all make mistakes, we're all imperfect. But even if you think your family is is the picturesque example – we all still love that place to belong and be. Yeah. And that's what we aspire towards. Yeah. And that's human nature. Yeah. When we're separated, yeah. we don't belong. Yeah. We feel unloved. Yeah. We feel isolated. We feel yeah. like we're a victim. Yeah. Yeah. 
and victimhood becomes more important than sainthood. Yeah, wow. That's Now there's a phrase. What do you mean by sainthood? It, victimhood is, seems to be, woe is me, look what's happened to me. Uh, it, it lacks those other values that we talk about, respect. It lacks yeah. self-respect. Yeah. It lacks honesty. Yeah. Because we're not victims. Mm. We've been given gifts. Yeah. And these kids we work with, when they realise what their gifts are and that they're their values and actually they are their values, yeah. they're not their mistakes, yeah. they are their values and they've got this really good core value, it makes them inspired, yeah. lifts them. Yeah. So when we worry about being victims, we're looking to tell the story of how we've been hard done by. And, and that's actually quite debilitating. Whereas sainthood is, look what I did today to yeah. themselves. They don't have to spruik it. Yeah. But it, 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 you wake up, and you come home from work and say, look what I did today rather than look what happened to me. Yeah. It's a mindset. Yeah. It's That's a, a bit of John Buchanan, you know. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Buck used to say, come home each day and just recognise a little incremental success <laughs> that you've had. Keep on having little successes day after day. Seek those successes because one success on Monday plus Tuesday plus Wednesday, that's Thursday plus Friday, go on for three months. You're in a different place three months down the track, you know. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that sainthood is having that energy to move forward and create life incrementally bit by bit. Yeah, these podcasts always confuse me. I'm halfway through it. I don't know which direction to go. You're giving me so much information. What direction do I? Let's go back to the second value, that core value that you've noticed. We're not suggesting that these are core. We're just saying that you've noticed that when you interview and talk to all these young people and the professionals and the mentors and the principals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you hear five values echoed over and over and over again. Love. First one is family. You said family. Family belonging, yep. Family and belonging and maybe in there is the is the treasure of love. What's the second one? Love. It's love? Mm. Well. We know what that is. I want you to define and give it some more substance. What, when you say the word love, what are you talking about? So we, we call it a, a doing word. So it's not the lovey-dovey, kissy-kissy. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually about doing something for the right reason for other people. And also for yourself, you've got to start off with self-love. And a lot of the people we work with, and it doesn't matter how old you are, what your background is, we as humans struggle to love ourselves because actually we don't see our worth all the time. And maybe we've got the imposter that sits on our shoulder or is in our family or at work or in society. It might even be people we call friends who actually want to pull us down and tell us we're no good. Quite often it's the, the automatic yeah. negative thought that, that comes through our head. Why do we listen to them? Because we don't have strategies to... Uh, ah, I like that. To move away from them. I like that. And to let them pass through. It's what the podcast is about, Johnny. <laughs> Finding the strategies to move away from that little voice and those other messages that they're getting from so many other different sources. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're loving human beings. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell us more about love and your perspective. So in serving others, yeah. there's a great enjoyment out of learning to look beyond a result or an outcome 
and actually enjoy the skill and the gifts and the talents and the service that other people provide as well as seeing other people lift because what you've done for them yeah. has inspired them. Does it make you happy? Oh, mate, teary. Hey, teary. <laughs> Did you say teary then? <laughs> you're, you are. You're tearing up. Tissue time. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about that happiness it brings to you. I'll tell you a story. Um, when we had our first child, O'Reilly, and uh, I was uh, had finished teaching and I was working in a sports travel business that was about to go global. I was doing the marketing and I thought, oh, well, I've made it. Teacher made good. I'm doing all this. And I was racing up to and from the hospital in the morning and the afternoon. We were launching the products and I thought I was pretty good. And then when Riley was born, I realised how insignificant I was. He went from a microscopic cell in nine months to a fully functioning baby. Yeah. He had clicky hips, so that was fine. We had to get those fixed. <laughs> yeah. But I thought, geez, how insignificant. And I'm not that powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I realized that we are only part of a puzzle. <laughs> and if one small act that I do can change the life for someone else, what does it I do can't. for you, mate? I just, I, I can't believe that we can create that great. And it's the vulnerabilities. Yeah. So we talk about our gifts and our talents. So gifts might be money. It, yeah. Gifts might be the fact that you're good at sport. Or you might be good as a doctor. Or you might be good as a tradesperson, electrician or plumber or builder. They allow us to do good. We can get lovely yeah. uh, big businesses. We can get lovely looking houses. We can get patients. But it's actually our vulnerabilities when we come together with other people that actually create the great. And it's when I realised how vulnerable I was as a human, I, we were able to create this magnificent baby. Yeah. At nine months from a microscopic cell. Yeah. And it was I realised how vulnerable and how weak I was. Yeah. To be part of something so powerful, that was... Something is occurring to me right now just watching you on the other side of this table. You talk about vulnerability, but the thing I know about you is you are unafraid to be vulnerable. (laughs) That is, you're okay with being Johnny Godwin. I got the name right there. You are you are unafraid to be that strength and that vulnerability. And you spoke before about the power of connection. Yeah. Could I suggest to you that in being both the strength and the vulnerability, you actually give people the greatest gift you can give them. What's that gift? Johnny Godwin. But it's the real you. They don't get a facade or a mask. They get the real you because you're not afraid of vulnerability. Does that that resonate with you? Uh, Oh, look, I have my phobias and I have my weaknesses. Um, I nickname myself Margarine (laughs) because a little bit of me goes a long way and I spread real thin. (laughs) I love that. 
I'm sorry, that's now mine. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I, I had, I get to the stage where I think I'm not a good actor. You're just going to cop me, and because if I'm not authentic and not truthful, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember how to behave then all the time. So I might as well just yeah. be me, yeah. and then I don't have to worry about yeah. thinking how should I act. Yeah. And, and I tell you what, sometimes it does get me in trouble. Yeah, I get I get all that only because some people can't handle it. <laughs> some people can't handle a person being so real. And may I say, I'm going to throw this in. So nice, so good. <laughs> well, I, I am imperfect. I'm a, I know, work, in, I know. I'm a work in progress. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, yeah. we all know that. But I see that down at Harry's gym. There, you, we, we're both down there punching on the on the bag. You're the only bugger out there who goes around and knows the name of every single person that's in the gym over there. Why? Because you value people. And people can't look at that and just say, oh, that's just a strategy that he's learnt and he's putting that on to, uh, you know, attract a a round of applause in, you know, other people's hearts. Because you do it all the time, Johnny Godwin. You, 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 You live that service and want to connect with people. It's almost like people are your family, and I'm not trying to um, dilute the power of your own beautiful, intimate family, but it's like you you see everyone as part of your family. <laughs> you, yeah. Is there truth in that? Oh, look, I just love people to belong. I love, I hate people being left out. Yeah. It hurts. Uh, but I also struggle with the fact that, and I used to, I probably don't so much anymore, where I used to find people would think, oh, he's just putting that on, and I'm not. And uh, I thought, well, I can't control it. I can only control who I am based yeah. on what I believe is important to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Wow, wow, family, uh, love, we're, we're exploring both of those and being uh, – drawing information from both those concepts. What was the third one? Uh, respect. Give us your definition of what – we all know what respect is, but what's your definition of respect? When people say it's one of the core values, what do you think they mean by that? It's, it's actually respecting who you are, what your values are, yeah. what your gifts are, yeah. and respecting your vulnerabilities, your weaknesses. Yeah. And if you can do that – then you're able to respect others and respect their values and respect that they might not be finding that at the stage where they know what their values are yeah and the respect that they're on a journey to find their values as we are yeah and respect that their strengths i mean charlie charlie cameron last night <laughs> and the lions and the richmond's players i mean the skill there if you just sat back and not worried about the result but just admired the outstanding efforts and the skill yeah. of the players, the coaches, yeah. it was outstanding. Yeah. So yeah. respecting that, and that actually gives a greater sense of happiness and enjoyment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, respecting people's vulnerabilities, that yeah. people will make mistakes. And I tell you what, uh, th- there wouldn't be one person that hasn't made a mistake, and you've got to learn to respect that and, and find in yourself the ability to forgive yeah. yourself yeah. as well as others. What was the fourth one, Johnny? It's uh, it's it's trust, it's trust and honesty. That that they 
come up interchangeably. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's, that's trusting yourself and your goodness. And that's always a challenge is to actually trust to know that I am good enough as a person. Uh, I have values. I, I, those values is what I stand by. W- when you focus on your values, you start moving away from how do I look yeah. to how am I doing. Yeah, wow. Well, elaborate on that. I think there's a real real opportunity in there to fully understand that. I think that's a bit of gold in there. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, it's, it's the belief that I don't need to be anything else but my values and live out those values. I don't – it's very hard um, to show an image – that looks beautiful when you're living out your values, as in preening your hair or yeah, being, yeah. being attractive. Yeah. It's, it's living out the person that you are based on yeah. love, family, trust, respect, integrity, yeah. uh, compassion. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm understanding how important that these must live inside for self first. Mm. Got to be integrous with self. Well, another word for that is um, accountable to self. Uh, whatever's happening in your life, be accountable. That's integrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. So this is so so important that we live those core values without compromise, so that we can be our solid, confident, full of life self, not needing. Approval from outside. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you teach these young people? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, and to be honest, that honest, we have a false humility that goes on in our world, and uh, and, and kids can generally be better when you you give someone a compliment. Yeah. It's a gift, yeah. and we teach the kids to actually say thank you yeah. for the gift. But how many adults? And and I look at myself, and someone gives you a compliment, you say, "Oh no, not me." Oh no. You're actually rejecting someone giving gift. you a gift. Yeah. yeah. And so actually being honest to say, thanks so much, that means a lot. Yeah, yeah. And actually also being honest that when you've done something that's not right, yeah. that's not living by your values, that yeah. you, uh, you feel unhappy about, Yeah. to fess up and fix up. And say, I'm and sorry. And move onwards and upwards, yeah. Yeah, say, I'm sorry. And yep. I, I, I often say you're sort of like you, 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 you reach the peak of humility when you can actually look at people and comfortably say, forgive me. <laughs> mm, <that's it. laughs> I, I'm sorry, I, I really, you know, stuffed up, stuffed up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What you are giving these young people um, is gold. What I'm interested now is why? I, I, I want to now bring it back to you and your journey. And why is this important that you you choose this lifestyle, this professional creation? I, I'm not even comfortable that it's professional for you. It's it's actually a purpose, almost like a calling. It's it's like what you're meant to do, isn't it? Yeah. How did you get there, Johnny? I'm going to start right from the word go. My parents were very service-related people. My father was a, a family doctor. Yeah. He saw the importance of always being a family doctor uh, and serving his patients. He uh, he was there before the times of locums and he would 
worked 20 hours a day and yeah. if he got a phone call in the middle of the night, he would travel to that family home and look yeah. after them. Uh, he, he was involved in a whole range of community programs, training up doctors, um, Australian Medical Association. Yeah. Uh, Mum was a very much a community person and worked on a number of charities and served at Mount Carmel and Villanova and Loretto and, and a whole range of charities where she gave her time. Yeah. So it was modelled from them. Uh, so that's where it started. Uh, I wanted to be a, a doctor, but I couldn't stand blood. I couldn't stand <laughs> other people's pain. So, and then I started to do psychology, and I wasn't really excited by the uh, the lecturers in psychology. And I thought I don't want to do that. I just want to help people. So I started teaching, mm. and uh, didn't. And I probably wasn't the best student, but I had a great time. Mm. And I became a teacher. I taught at Villanova for a number of years. I was the groundsman prior yeah, to that. Yeah. And I loved that service. I loved helping people. I loved solving problems with people to get an outcome to improve them. Yeah. And um, I then did some study and we did a master's in business admin. I call it a master of bugger all. That's a bit strange to me. It, is, it sounds a bit at odds with where you were at. You were serving, teaching was the service. You wanted mm. to be a doctor. You had the model of your father and he was serving community, even though it was a wonderful profession being a doctor. And all of a sudden, you want to go to business admin? Mm. What, what was all that about? That was, uh, that was greed. That was ego. That's a huge, huge summary. <laughs> First up. How, how come you, you, you say it so definitively that was greed and ego? Because I was thinking, let's get a nice big house, let's get a nice car, let's look good. Yeah. That was – but also ven- adventure. I thought, let's try other things. Yeah, yeah. Um, Why did you buy into that and where – what was selling that to you? It wasn't your family. It wasn't no. your experiences up until that point in time, was it? No, it was probably one of the greatest things I've done, though, in that I learned a lot. Yeah. About not what, about not what I wanted to do, and not who I was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was probably that period. Those periods created underlying source of unhappiness for me. What age were you then? I was uh, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But in that, I also set up the foundations that one of the foundations yeah. that. Uh, is kicking along now. So I always had that serve and I was always coaching sports. So I might be hard on myself, but I wanted to try new yeah. things. It, it, I, I found also as a teacher that it's very – I didn't want to be the teacher that died in long socks. I didn't want to be the teacher that was 40 years teaching and hadn't experienced life. So while I'm harsh on myself – I I didn't want to be that teacher that was forever. Yeah. Only knew the classroom. Yeah. And uh, and so I it was it was learning. Yeah. So it's almost as if you were in the right calling, teaching, educating, adding value, but you hadn't found the niche within the niche. You know, mm. like I love that phrase. What did you say before? The teacher with long socks. <laughs> didn't want to die with the teacher with long socks. <laughs> Not that they want, wear long socks anymore. Fall, you don't want to fall into that culture, that 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 spirit that sometimes the staff room can look like and feel like. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
we love our teachers. They do an unbelievable and incredible job. But we also know there can be a little bit of let's just talk about what's wrong all the time. And next thing you know, that's all you're ever talking about, what's mm. wrong with the kids, you know, instead of working out ways to love them even more and, and release them even more. Mm. But you found that in the work that you're currently yeah. doing. It's a yeah. different serv- different culture, isn't it, of the same value set of service and teacherhood. Mm. And yet in between, you just decided to move away from that staff culture and experiment with the with the business. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's it's funny now. I, I wouldn't survive as a teacher now because yeah. uh, there's a great movie, Patch Adams, and he says if and when when referring, and he was fighting the institution about the care he was yeah. giving his patients, and he said if you fight the disease, you win, or you may lose. Yeah. If you care for the person, you win every time. Yeah, yeah. And I don't find that the education system as a whole with the national curriculum, it's more about the system yeah, and about outcomes than it is about the people. Love what you're saying. And the schools we work with in the Flexi School Program, there are some outstanding teachers there yeah. and leaders yeah. that are caring for the person yeah because the kids we are working with they need a lot of care and a lot of love yeah let's just pretend i am the education system and you've got a few minutes with me you've asked uh, mr education system or mrs education system can i just have a few minutes with you what else do you want to say to education if you could wave the magic wand we've actually got to teach our kids how to learn they're growing up in a world that is full of information so we've got to teach them how to learn and we've got to teach them how to critique what they learn based on good values, their values. Yeah. Not values bestowed upon people who went through the education system, became teachers, became bureaucrats, and now bestowing a whole series of agendas mm. on kids that aren't that are man made, not principle made, not value made. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if we can teach them how to learn and critique what they've learned yeah. and then apply it in society and then apply it with minds and hearts to make the world a better place. Wow. I don't think we need to worry about the results of NAPLAN and any other artificial assessment. The schooling system was set up, Industrial Revolution, it was set up as a, as a method to keep kids occupied. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you think about a, a child from zero to two, you think of the development they undertake in yeah. that period of time. Yeah. And yet we put them through a schooling system and sort of put them in a, uh, a situation that's artificial yeah. uh, and stop them from yeah. learning naturally. Give them yeah. the structures, yeah. support them, teach the person, yeah. take, work with them on social emotional development because that's yeah. what's missing is the underlying. Yeah. part in yeah. growing our young people. That last bit there, that social and emotional development, you're, you're almost saying you also want the education department to be a catalyst for helping the, the students actually define what their values are. Mm. Because I, I know that you and I both know that if we ask the student, what are your values? Well, first of all, there's got to be an in-depth explanation as to what a value is. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, and, 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 and they just go to 
they go to the ones that are the obvious uh, ones, you know, the, the ones that they've heard other people say yeah. without being able to dig deep to say, you know what, this is what I value. Yeah. You know? That Ken Packenham did that to me. Good on you, Ken. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, he, when he challenged me, he said, um, identify your values, but Bernie, you've got to clarify them. You must clarify Why? Them. And that's when I discovered I didn't have a value of love of learning at all, Johnny. I didn't. You know what my value really was? Thirst for wisdom. That was the value. And so when I clarified it, well, that leads to a whole different set of podcasts that I listen to and a whole different set of books that, 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 I, that I read. You know? So helping our kids through the education system to actually get to that point where they can have clarified values, that is an enormous gift. And particularly then if we can teach them to be those values in action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Values can change and shift, of course, Johnny. Mm. How have your values changed and shifted over time? Can you give us an example? I once probably had success as one of my values, but it was success in a narrow sense. It was success in a material sense. Um, Success isn't one of my core values. It's one of the values, but it's not the core values. Core value. It uh, seeing the world succeed and people succeed, and if I can help that through my core values, yeah, then that's 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 a great outcome. But what what what, what I'm hearing hearing there is you didn't always have that, what you just described in the last 30 seconds there. Well, you had seeds of it, but now it's crystal clear for you. What was, what was the interfering distractions that, that, that you had to reevaluate in order to get to this place now that brings you so much joy? Mm. I... Uh, uh, Life's challenges. Life's challenges. Elaborate. So we, uh, in in business, one of my gifts, but also one of my weaknesses. I remember the principal at uh, at Villanova, Father Mike. I said, so "Mike, what can I improve on?" And he goes, "John, typical, typical monk. Well, <laughs> typical for Mike anyway." He goes, "John, your gifts are your strengths." They're also your weaknesses. Absolutely. And trust. Yeah. And it was an unfiltered trust. It's, it's, it's funny. It, um, unfiltered trust. So I now trust through values and what I see the other people's values. If they share values and I see them clearly in how they act, yeah, yeah. more importantly than how, what they say, yeah. in how they act, yeah. I trust. Yeah. And that's not to say they're not allowed to make mistakes, but yeah. it's very those values are really important. So I now filter my trust through there. Yeah, and uh, I had to learn that yeah. I, we we lost our house through. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Through what? Through well, at twenty three, I worked five jobs. To, I owned a house. Well, the bank and I owned a house before I owned a car, and I thought a house again material. Yeah, was was a pillar of who I was, and uh, 
we had some people behave badly. I trusted them explicitly, implicitly, excuse me, implicitly, and they betrayed that trust. They fessed up to making mistakes, but they didn't fix it up. That's about them. What was your response to that? It's almost you're, you're giving this as an example of a great learning part of your life, a great catalyst mm. as part of your life. What did you extract from that experience that has served you? I had to learn to get rid of emotions like hate. And it wasn't so much the material loss. It was my wife and I and our four kids. Yeah. We went from having a lovely house and home to not. Yeah. And um, so we went. I went from hating that lack of trust. I went to hate myself. Because you felt you were letting the family down? Yeah. And yourself down? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I also had a lot of negative thoughts and that poison that was welling in me was taking away my love to give, my love for happiness, my love to belong. Love for life, even yeah. even interfering and intervening with love for family. Like It's a distraction, isn't it? It yeah. is, yeah. And we were working long hours. Yeah because I was trying to regather, uh, still giving time, coaching, sport. Yeah. And, but it was I had to learn how to not hate anymore and yeah. to forgive. And um, it's, it's funny, the, that lesson and others have been great lessons and really were geminated the, the growth and the focus of the two foundations. Wow, wow, which bring you so much joy today. I, I have a funny question. You spoke about losing your house, and I've got this picture that then is you and your wife and the four kids, and therefore you have to go to a, a new abode, I assume on a rental basis, you know, mm. et cetera, et cetera. I, I know you've got an answer to this. Speak about the happiness that developed in that new abode. You know, it, it, it wasn't your house, but was it still a home? Yeah, yeah. You never, oh, can never lose, a, never lose a home unless you choose to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Did it, did it allow you to create an even, oh, an enhanced home? <laughs> a greater home? Well, and look, I, I'm very mindful that this is a material loss that we've had. I mean, people still need to fix up their mistakes. Yeah. We tell the kids and ourselves, if you if you, you fess up to your mistake, yeah. you fix it up and you move onwards and upwards. Yeah. Uh, so that always needs to be corrected and it's material loss. So I, I feel a little bit uncomfortable because it's not woe as me. Yeah. It's, it's, but what's been created is... Our lads share a room and and wow. they grow up together. Uh, the older boys now who finish school, they're like housemates. Yeah. Uh, and they take part in cleaning. They have vacuuming and cooking yeah. and we're in it together. And it, it, it's actually a really special place uh, that we're, wow. we're there together. It, it's a place where yeah, we don't 
talk about material things. We just talk about <laughs> being together or what Life we're doing. And living and connection. And we don't bother comparing. It's, wow. I, I, I actually am blessed. And there's that Confederate soldier's prayer. Everything I asked for, I wasn't given, but everything I needed, I was given. Wow. And I'm most truly blessed. I'm sorry, mate. Could you repeat that for us, please? Yeah. It, 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 and I'm not a great reciter of uh, quotes, but it's Confederate soldier's prayer, and he, he's basically in the trenches, and he said, I prayed for strength, but I was given weakness so that I might humbly obey. <laughs> I, was, I prayed for wealth, but I was given poverty so I may appreciate. And he said, I, everything I asked for, uh, everything I prayed for, I didn't receive. Yeah. But I was given everything I needed. Yeah. I am most truly blessed. It's a fantastic poem. Uh, yeah. When we were organising Andrew Slack's. Um, Who's Andrew Slack, mate? He's one of our mentors and uh, a great, great, great fella. He, uh, former Wallaby captain, Grand Slam Wallaby captain. Wallaby Rugby Union. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And teacher. He taught at Villanova and he was worked yeah. at Channel 9. As the uh, producer for many years yeah. or in the uh, the Channel 9 News, newsreader, uh, he's got a great story of trials and tribulations and uh, we were naming our sporting oval out at Villanova Park as a part of the uh, development there and, um, and so we had a testimonial dinner. We don't often do stuff like that. It's, uh, Villanova's a sort of a egalitarian place and and so we, we named the main oval Andrew Slack Oval. Yeah. There was thoughts that we call it the A Slack Oval, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> there might have been some of the performances on the rugby field that might have led to that. But, and, uh, and in doing the testimonial dinner, which Andrew very humbly and was quite reticent in doing, but acknowledged that he has some gifts to hand back to the community in, in celebrating, uh, one of his prayers that he showed me was the Confederate Soldier's Prayer. And uh, and the other one that I, 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 I tribute to is uh, Mother Teresa's prayer that she had on a wall. And, yeah. Yeah, what you build today, someone may knock down tomorrow, I build anyway. Yeah. And it goes on and finishes off with, um, it finishes off, uh, it's never between you and them, it's between you and God. Yeah. And those two prayers, yeah, and the quotes from Mary McKillop that I'd see in her yeah, channel, yeah, were the 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 messages that kept coming back to me, yeah, to do what I do, yeah. Are you quite religious? <laughs> I, I, I actually, I find religion can be man-made. It, it's good as a structure, yeah, for us to practice yeah. our values and our spirituality. And yeah. if you ask me, was I spiritual? I don't. I'd have to say no, but uh, I actually just love being around people and finding the joy and having a, a good laugh, a good yeah. listen, a good chat and seeing that they're better off yeah. for the conversation we've had or the yeah. sometimes not. Um, yeah. As I said, my nickname can be Marjorie. Mm. Um, but I, religion offers a structure. It's man-made, so it's got inherent weaknesses, like us all. Uh, and there's, but uh, 
as a structure to practice your values, it's not a bad one. Yeah, but your quotes of Mary McKillop, mm. Mother Teresa, Dalai Lama, it's not that they're come necessarily through the religious models. It's that that you've recognised in those people sainthood, mm. goodness, joy, and they offer, their lives offer a glimpse of activity, action, right views, <laughs> actions and strategies that can take anybody down that pathway towards greater joy. Yeah? Sometimes we confuse those people with being religious. Mm. Yeah, whereas they were just human beings. Well, Mary McKillop was forever fighting the institution yeah. and got kicked out of the institution. Mary, Mother Teresa. Absolutely. She uh, left the institution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. there's even people like Picasso, and I love his sayings. And again, I'm not a great remember of quotes, but Picasso says the, the meaning of life is to find your gifts. The purpose of life is to share them freely. I, I would add to find your gifts and your values. Yeah. And the purpose of life is to share them freely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hey, Johnny, I said this in the last podcast. Regrettably, we've got to think about winding up <laughs> because I'm just loving the thought-provoking stuff that we're, we're sharing uh, here. I'm going to end with a way that I, I have ended before, but I, I quite enjoy what comes out of it. Let's just say Let's just say you've got a class of those, I don't like the word either, but the ones that are struggling with the game of life, uh, society deems them disadvantaged. You've got 10 of them here, but you've only got two minutes to, to speak to them, right? And, and you've got a final message. You just say to them, this is uncompromisable, guys and girls. Listen to this. Please adopt this into your life. What would you say to them? I just did it yesterday. Um, I love you. You are well loved. You have people around you in your community, in your school, your teachers that love you. Please be compassionate with yourself. Love yourself and inspire yourselves to be the best possible versions that you can be. But one of those kids answers, no, there's not a lot of people out there that love me. What do you say? You've still got 30 seconds left. What do you say to that kid? I ask, put your hand up if you love. You ask the others around, you, you, you love that kid? Yeah. Wow, it's bold. And they do. They do. Because love there is, do I want to see you do well? Do I want to connect with you? Do I want you to find a greater place? Who wouldn't want another human? to find a greater a greater place. You've got their parents there, Johnny, right? And you've got a class with the parents. The parents, uh, you've asked for the parents to come in. You just want to have a chat with them. And when you look around, they're aged mid-30s to, to 40s. What do you want to say to that group of people as they too go through their journey of life and discovery? What do you think they would benefit from hearing. 
that their their sons and daughters are beautiful people. They have enormous gifts and talents in the future because they have great values and they've got those values from you because they listed you as their role models. Yeah. And your greatest gift is to inspire them and yourselves together to be the best versions of yourselves that you can be. But Johnny says one of the parents, hand up. Just tell me one of the two or three things that you think I must do more often (laughs) than perhaps what I'm doing that could really add value to my child. What do you say to that parent? Tell them every day that you love them and look for the good things that they're doing and, and make sure they take the time to congratulate, a hug, a high five. Yeah. And to teach them that those automatic negative thoughts replace them with a positive thought. And so therefore their beliefs, their feelings and their actions change to be positive as opposed to negative. Wow. Your audience has just changed again. (laughs) In front of you are a bunch of people like you and I. (laughs) We're post-50s. Yeah, and we're reaching that stage where once we used to think about retirement, getting ready for old age. But no, today's world says we're still living. Is that the message? Or what's your message to this age group who are still seeking value in life? Mm. We'd love you to become a mentor. <laughs> We'd love you to actually learn that you are loved, that you are valuable, that you you have values and gifts that can be shared. Yeah. And that belonging for a purpose is uplifting. Particularly yeah. when you're inspiring others. Yeah. So, 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 so don't let the purpose dilute just because age is moving us forward towards the inevitable. We must still value purpose. Single sentence, Johnny Godwin. What's your purpose now? Inspire brighter futures in everyone I meet. Yeah. And everyone that our foundation and any other foundation or any other service group that cares and supports others can do by inspiring other futures and themselves. You know, out of all that you just said there in that last 30 seconds, the part that just penetrated my heart and soul, inspiring greater futures for anyone you meet, anyone you meet. It's not just the kids in the program. I suppose we inspire a greater future just by bringing a little bit of joy to anyone we meet. Mm. Johnny Godwin, I love you, man. 
Thanks. No, seriously, mate, because uh, I love – when I say that those words, I love your spirit, mate. I love the joy with which you walk into Harry's down there. You do talk a lot while you punch, Johnny. <laughs> I've got very strong masseters. <laughs> But mate, it's always bringing joy. You know, even even in in that activity, where we're all thinking that we're Jeff Horn fighting Manny Pacquiao, and then there you are punching, talking away, bringing joy and happiness to the person that you're sharing the bag with, mate. This is the Johnny Godwin way. And any of those children that come across your gifts, mate, be assured they're blessed. They're blessed to have you in their life. I'm blessed too to have you as this special guest on a journey with Bernie. Thank you ever so much. Thanks, Johnny Bernie. Godwin. Thanks, Bernie. Happy birthday. <laughs> Cheers, pal. Bye-bye, man. I do hope you enjoyed today's episode of A Journey with Bernie. I loved it. Of course, the contact and connection details of our special guest and any references to resource material, books or educational sources can be found in the podcast notes. Do go there, folks. Our guests would so welcome hearing from you. Now, for those of you who have previously rung me about joining our forthcoming adventures to Nepal and those glorious Himalayan trekking trails, it's truly great to have you on board. For those of you that are still interested, may I suggest you visit the website of Global Immersion Travel? That's www.gitravel.com.au. Embrace the journey, dear people. Just embrace the journey and enjoy every minute of it. And just remember...